0: Welcome to the Holistic Life Podcast. I'm your host, Megan, the founder of The Holistic Collective. I've been where you are, facing health concerns and searching for answers. Through holistic health and a dedicated team of practitioners, I discovered the missing pieces to my healing puzzle. And now I'm here cheering you on to find your own unique path to wellness. This podcast is your sanctuary a place of inspiring stories of personal transformation, practical guidance, and a community to support you along the way. Join us on this relatable journey towards intentional, vibrant, and meaningful living. Connie is a globally educated herbal medicine and kinesiology practitioner. Passionate about empowering through knowledge, Connie hosts live webinars and Q&A events in her Facebook group, Natural Health Support Hub. She is a sought-after presenter at community events advocating for a healthy lifestyle. As a supporter of integrative medicine, Connie emphasizes collaboration between medical doctors and natural health practitioners. Balancing her role as a mother of three, she understands the challenges of a busy household and uses a realistic, budget-friendly treatment approach. You are going to love this humbling and deeply relatable conversation, so let's dive in. I am so excited to have the lovely Connie with us today. Um, Connie was such a big... Um, key piece in my own personal fatigue journey that I shared um, about in one of the earlier episodes. And you may have mentioned um, or heard me mention about a kinesiologist, and that was the lovely Connie. So thank you so much for being with us today, Connie. Oh, I'm so, so excited to be here. It's actually at the very heart of what I do
1: is I love, love empowering people. So thank you for giving me an opportunity to um to share something with you that i hope will empower your listeners
0: thank you so much honestly and i think that is such a key piece to everything that we do is just empowering each other to to live a healthier life Um, so i'm so interested to hear your journey and how you came to become a kinesiologist and medical herbalist
1: oh thank you yes well i grew up in germany and uh the belief system in my family, and it's old generational belief system, belief system was if you're sick, don't go to the doctor because then you end up in hospital and you never come home. So if people were so driven by fear, <clears throat> by fear, of having to rely on a doctor, uh, which meant they continuously used their household remedies. So I, I just grew up with the fasting and the herbal teas and having to sweat things out and um, and opening the kitchen cupboard. There was always a huge selection of herbal teas, which was the first thing uh, people used when they were unwell. And so we, I had that generational knowledge that was just passed on simply by being treated by my family. And um, and when I went for a walk uh, during the summer after um, after school, my mom, throughout the walk, across the meadows, through the forest, around the fish pond, she would point out flowers and plants and trees. And oh, every time she would say, Connie, you see that flower? It's good for something, but I forgot what it's good for. That It drove me crazy. By the end of the summer, I was so desperate. I wanted to know, what is the name of the flower? What is it good for? And how do you use it? And I was purely desperate. I, I had saved some money from a newspaper run. I would have been 14. And I bought my very first herbal book, herbal medicine book. And I literally remember when it arrived in the mail, I opened the pages. I literally remember that. I was hooked. Uh, so in that moment, every time someone was sick, I would, I can fix this and I would find a disgusting miracle cure and and then many many years later I had this incredible opportunity to study herbal medicine in the UK at one uh, very well-known uh, college of phytotherapy those were the days before degree so I was the last of um, diploma level and um, the best decision I've ever made yeah
0: Oh wow! What did that look like back then? Studying was it quite a new um, course to study? Was there many people looking to to study um, herbal medicine at that time?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I do remember there was a huge dropout rate, massive, massive dropout rate, because I think a lot of our students, which are signed up to study, thinking, "Oh, I can fix your cold with a nettle tea," and I help you grow beautiful herbs, uh, hair with chamomile tea. So I think we went in there very naively, thinking it would be easy. And, uh, And all of us, we were shocked when the lecturers told us, you will not learn anything about herbs in the first two years. Because first of all, you need to learn the clinical science, the biochemistry anatomy physiology because we need you to be the best practitioner and the best practitioner is able to make a clinical diagnosis so we literally we trained like medical students it was so so difficult and and i remember the only way the only one of the main reasons why I persisted with it, I knew there were herbs coming eventually, and I had spent so much money, I thought, I'm not giving up halfway. But a lot of students dropped out because they, it was so scientific. Uh, it was a real shock. Um, so I'm lucky I graduated. I was one of four students that year in Scotland. It was very hard. The panel of examiners, the clinical exam was in London, and a panel of examiners there were 3 doctors from the local hospital and boy did they want us to fail oh boy did they push us and um and we did it you know we succeeded and every year the feedback by the local consultants from St Thomas hospital they were blown away by that high standard of clinical knowledge and of course and when we learned about a herbal medicine it was all scientific based the chemical constituents of herbs how they work why they work Woof, i'm glad i did it is but th- that is why so in australia there are a lot of naturopaths in the uk they're more known as a herbalist um it really is a scientific um science-based qualification even though we are, we are using herbal teas and herbal extracts, there's a huge amount of science behind it.
0: Wow. And that is so, that's so interesting To the um, difference between the UK and Australia as well in those areas. What does that look like from, you mentioned that's why a lot of people in Australia call themselves naturopaths. What is the correlation there between the two here in Australia?
1: I I remember when I first arrived and I heard the word naturopath. I never heard that before. I then realized the training in Australia appears to be different. Uh, It's a more broader. So during your naturopathic studies, you might learn uh, also homeopathy. You might, uh, part of that could be also a massage qualification. And then I understand some people can then qualify in a, uh, specialize in a certain area. So naturopaths could then specialize in nutrition or specialize in herbs, whereas in the UK it was herbal medicine 100%. It was nothing else. That was just it. And, And there are some incredibly knowledgeable naturopaths in Australia. And it's just so wonderful to see these remarkable colleagues and we all learn from each other. I absolutely love that. Love that so much yeah or even different herbs because i studied in europe so i would use nettle and cleavers and dandelion so i come to australia which is so much closer to asia and people were uh, practitioners would use herbs i never even heard of i never heard of withania and romania and I thought, gosh, but of course, you know, I'm very familiar now. And um, it's wonderful to see all these changes in natural medicine because so much research is being done. And um, it's very important to me to go do ongoing training continuously. It's, uh, it changes all the time. Even the names of herbs change. And that is the most exciting part as a practitioner it is it's never the same it's it's all about change and growth and improving the treatment that we can offer our patients
0: Mm, and that is such a key piece isn't it to holistic health is bringing updated knowledge in with the old to continue to evolve so that you are always bringing the newest knowledge to your clients as well and also incorporating different modalities. So you also are a kinesiologist. So how did that piece come into play with the herbal medicine over the years?
1: Yeah, I was very fortunate. I I know an amazing chiropractor and um, I would uh, see her for physical aches and pains. I would say, oh, I've got a terrible pain in my neck. And, and she would do this bizarre thing on, on just pushing my arm around and and she said oh no connie it's not a physical pain you know someone is literally a pain in your neck i thought she was crazy and um and then and then she kept doing this weird pushing muscles and saying oh no 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 connie i I know there's a lot of stress uh, with people in your life and that's why you have the pain in your neck i thought really that was so crazy and then she gave me a flower essence and i thought oh well okay Um, And literally within days, the pain went. And I couldn't, I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away. So um, I've got five children, three children and two stepdaughters. And I said, the whole family, I said, you need to see that lady. Am I going crazy or is she really amazing? And everyone went, oh, my God, mom, she's amazing. And because she found a way to tap into something that was underneath the pain. And when I asked her, what is it that you do? She said, oh, it's called kinesiology. And, and then another opportunity came up when the most amazing kinesiologists moved to the Sunshine Coast. I decided to study with her, and it allows me to really pinpoint what is the underlying cause of the problem. And sometimes it can be emotional or mental. So kinesiology is such a powerful tool. I could not imagine uh, practicing
0: without it. Mm. And it's even just from the couple of sessions that I did with you, it was incredible because I was in the midst of my fatigue journey and I was just searching for answers. I was seeing naturopaths and nothing was working. And I had done all these blood tests, all like so many blood tests of so many different things, all the things. And I remember one of the things that came up on uh, in our session together was iron I had an iron deficiency and that was not something that had come up on the blood work and the minute I started to add iron in as as per your recommendation it it changed the clarity that I had um, which was great because I started to find all these missing pieces. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know what kinesiology is, can you explain a little bit about what that is? Because even when I first went to a kinesiologist and I have a friend who studied since as well, and it's, it's one of those things that's quite tricky to explain. So for anyone that is new to kinesiology or never heard of it, yeah. what would you say? I, I try, I try. <laughs>
1: It is very, every time I try to explain it, I I can't believe I try to explain it, it sounds so Uh, I try. Uh, Yeah, so most people are familiar with an acupuncturist. So when you go to an acupuncturist uh, for headaches, often a well-trained chinese medicine practitioner or acupuncturist uh, sometimes they have a look at your tongue and they feel the pulse in a very specific way they might even look into your eyes and in chinese medicine um, a system was developed where you have energy lines running through the body they are known to be invisible but now people say no you can actually see them it doesn't matter They're energy lines they're also known as meridian lines And kinesiology is tapping into those energy lines. But instead of using the pulse or tongue diagnosis like in Chinese medicine, a kinesiologist is activating a muscle in a person's body. And it could be simply just putting, i just show you, just putting a little bit of pressure on the arm. And sometimes the arm is nice and strong. And sometimes the practitioner can move the arm. And it's the change from... strength uh, and into a weakness so an energy strength and energy weakness it's a change in muscle tone that allows a kinesiologist to really pinpoint where is a lack of energy and where how do we fix it a person might have severe migraine headaches so we understand the energy is drained here in the head area but something is sucking the energy out of that area so muscle testing might identify that the real problem is a lack of energy in the digestion because the body is reacting to certain food. So as we then identify the food that the person's reacting to, we now strengthen the digestion. Now the digestion is energetically stronger and does not suck the energy out of the brain and nervous system, now the energy is flowing back into the brain and nervous system and the migraine headaches are gone. So it's really tapping into an energy system and using the change in muscle tone to give the body a voice.
0: Which is so powerful. Yeah. Oh, it is. I think one,
1: you know, I've been practicing for over 20 years as a herbalist and over 10 years as a kinesiologist, and uh, yes, and even I'm blown away because sometimes the herbalist in me really tries to get a a clinical diagnosis, more a scientific approach, and the kinesiologist in me continuously proves me that I'm wrong sometimes. In in that if I go, oh, I think I'm sure it's big, bec- or that person needs a herb, and I just want to share with you. Uh, one case that blew me away and I'm forever grateful for kinesiology uh, because I treat couples for fertility issues I saw a young couple they had been trying uh, for a couple of years no pregnancy no no miscarriage They just couldn't fall pregnant and the doctors always said there's nothing wrong with you and kept sending them away and so out of desperation people often come and see me And I gave both of them a session separately. And the husband just lacked certain nutrients to improve the quality of sperm, which was fine. And when I worked on the woman, physically, with kinesiology, everything was fine. Physically, there was no reason why she couldn't fall pregnant. It's exactly what the doctor said. But two emotions came up. I would never, ever forget that. One emotion was doubt. When I asked her, what are you doubting? She said, I don't know if I married the right man. And the second emotion was regret. And she said, maybe I should have stayed with my ex. So she knew deep in her heart, she knew deep in her heart, she married the right person. She loved him. Sometimes her mind played a game with her. And it was so powerful, that confusion, that argument between your heart and your head can be so, so powerful so with kinesiology we identified those emotions we identified a flower essence which is energy medicine in those days i charged for it fifteen dollars for a little bottle in comparison to fifteen thousand dollars for ibf within two months she felt pregnant and uh, so two months later she felt pregnant and then uh, obviously then gave birth to a beautiful healthy girl And then um, one or two years later, she fell pregnant again and had a beautiful boy. And that is the power of kinesiology.
0: Wow. that And that in itself is such a powerful testimonial because there are so many people who are battling fertility issues, particularly at the moment, and when you don't have any answers and people tell you that there, there is no answer for why this particular thing is not happening for you, you really feel at a loss and to come into the power of something like kinesiology is and completely change your world like it did for this couple is mm. it's just there's no words for it. It's It's incredible what it can do, isn't it? And I'm sure that you've got more stories uh, of testimonials like that as well.
1: Oh, there's so many.
0: And I guess, you know, for me, I I just love,
1: uh, even for me as a practitioner, I've learned to really, really respect what happens in a person's life energetically mentally and emotionally doctors also understand there is a link between a brain and nervous system and a physical body is they call it psychosomatic So psycho is the mind and somatic is the physical body, the organs. And for many years, the stomach ulcer often was known as psychosomatic. So high levels of stress in the nervous system can literally burn a hole in your stomach. Uh, Now it is also known to be caused by bacterial infection, but still there's a big stress element. And, And also, I know where my boundaries are. It's really important as a practitioner to know where my boundaries are i i love doctors i have friends that are doctors they they change lives they save lives every single day and to be the best nurses and the best doctors they can be they sacrifice many many family dinners to be the best uh, doctor and nurse for us and um and i know It's that that integrative approach where I do the best that I can until I come to a boundary where I can't offer more. And then another practitioner can then take over or a doctor, a specialist. And I love that. And I'm the first person to say they can't fix it all. And kinesiology takes me often to that boundary where the body says, Connie, that area you can't fix, but someone else can fix it. And there was one lady, continuously the digestion showed up as a weakness. In one session, the body continuously said, no, Connie, there's something else weakening the gut. There's something else weakening the gut. And I thought, there's something not right. And uh, sometimes with kinesiology, you can ask very specific questions and and the body literally said, um, that lady, she needs medical help. And so I, ta- I said, please, I would like you to see your doctor and um, and just have an ultrasound on your abdomen. I hadn't heard from her for a while. And it was months later, she said, oh, Konya was in hospital. And it turned out I had bowel cancer. And my doctor said, thank God. I, I saw them early because I only needed surgery. I did not need radiation or chemotherapy. Yeah, I mean, that is just, uh, for me, I mean, I, you know, obviously I say I love my job, and people are sick of me here saying that I love it. I'm, I'm the luckiest person on earth to be able to help someone get the help they need as I acknowledge my limit, my boundaries, and that's a kinesiology, that tool that I use, yeah.
0: Mm, it's such a integrative approach to health it's it's in between you're using both modern medicine and natural therapies to come together to create this integrated approach to wellness for someone who maybe hasn't explored natural medicine or you know is is down one path or the other how do you work with people to create that integrated approach when they maybe don't know where to begin So I um, personally, I uh, always
1: encourage people to book a free 15-minute phone consultation. That is what I offer. A lot of practitioners now offer that. And, and I often say to my patients, you know, if they are looking for an acupuncturist or a massage therapist, there are so many amazing practitioners. And I always say, make a connection with them. Ask them questions. Talk to them. Get a feel for that. And, and your intuition will always guide you. It's not the most award-winning practitioner or the one with a fancy massage clinic. It could be a student. It could be someone who just graduated. You know, it, that, honoring that intuition, always, always go with your gut feeling. Because it's your gut feeling that's your energy your soul your higher self that tells you oh that feels really good and if something doesn't feel right then don't do it and uh, so that and i that's when i have the free 15 minute phone call i um give people an idea this is what it could look like this is what i do so now use your intuition and decide if that that is something you want to explore and that is all really and uh, that i hope that answers your question
0: yeah absolutely and i think that is so important when you begin a health journey as well and when you don't have answers is to is to ask questions and find people who can support you and just meet you where you're at on your own journey as well now, I know that you are passionate about um, autoimmune diseases as well, and I just wanted to dive into that, um, how that came about as um, something that you niched into as well and, and why that is such a passion for you and how you help people get their life back.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's nearly a bit embarrassing, to be honest. I, um, I love a challenge. I absolutely love a challenge. Love it. So really, the sicker a person, the more complex their um, situation, their health, the more excited I get. Um, You know, when there are many, many layers, many symptoms that at times are debilitating and... And my favorite is, oh, Connie, I can write a book on that. I've done everything. I've seen everyone, and I'm not getting any better. I get so excited about that because I know, I know there's a missing piece. And uh, autoimmune disease is a disease of layers and layers and layers. And, uh, and I just love, it's a huge challenge uh, treating people with autoimmune disorders because It's not just a physical health problem. Very often it affects a person's quality of life. It can affect their mental and emotional well-being. It can affect their income. Often they cannot continue in uh, in their career. It affects their relationships and it's huge. So if someone has an autoimmune thyroid condition, yeah, the doctor can give you medication maybe for that. But what about the weight gain? What about the depression or heavy periods and, and how it all ripples into your marriage, into your relationships? And so with autoimmune diseases, also understanding it is a symptom. It is still, it is only the tip of the iceberg. So I can now focus on the symptoms, help people lose weight, give them more energy and let their hair grow back. But I, I know I can do better than that because I want to know why did I get it in the first place? And that's then that challenging part. And that's why I love the combination of kinesiology and natural medicine. It, it can be an emotional mental trauma that can, can be treated with kinesiology, can be um, toxic overload. And because autoimmune disease is really your immune system, one day decided to go into overdrive and accidentally attacking your own body. So I want to know why the immune system decided to do that. What happened? Most people are not born with an autoimmune disease. They develop it. And um, and then it is so, so exciting to, to see people, how they feel empowered. Go, oh, okay, great. I can have that. I can now have that food and I avoid that food. And always very specifically tailor-made to that person because everyone is different. And again... Thank God for medicine. Thank God for doctors, because some people suffer so severely. Thank God for medication to give them pain relief, to give them some form of quality of life. And it allows, it. it's nearly, it buys us time as the medication improves the quality of life or at least uh, dampens the symptoms. It allows me to then use that time to really dig deeper and I, and it it's it's really complicated. That's the most exciting part. Even though it feels like such a multi-layered health problem, very often there are just a few areas that need to be really addressed and long term for people to know, ooh, every time this happens, because sometimes people can have flare-ups, uh, that can trigger a huge amount of fear. And uh, so people then to understand every time this happens, all I need to do is maybe take more of that supplement or uh, over the festive season. I know I shouldn't have gluten, but I still want to have gluten. So if I want to have gluten and avoid a flare of a symptom, all I need to do in those moments, take an extra supplement or drink a tea. So it's that empowering a person that they know all I need to do is support my body when it's going through a difficult time and there's a flare-up of symptoms, and uh, it, it, instead of this fire getting completely out of control, and then you're just trying ongoingly to extinguish flames, that's why I love it because it's complicated,
0: <laughs> which is great because we need more people who are happy to tackle those areas and look at it from a different perspective with modern medicine but then also take a different approach i'm so interested to know in in a condition like that what would be some of the layers that you would have to unpack um if you had i I mean an autoimmune disease but also just day-to-day what are some of the things that come up um most commonly
1: well with autoimmune disease uh if i just think of it there's always a trigger There's a trigger that um, overstimulates the immune system. The immune system will do anything to keep you alive and goes into overdrive. So a very, very common underlying causes of any health problem, uh, including autoimmune, can be toxic overload. And toxic overload could be poor quality drinking water. You might have lived in a beautiful old Queenslander where the tank water is maybe not of good quality or old water pipes, Or you might have a beautiful organic farm, but there is a neighbor 10 kilometers down the road who really sprays bad stuff. And uh, and on the windy day, you get all those chemicals. Uh, It can be, uh, so toxic overload can come from different ways. This is not just um, eating bad food. And um, digestion is huge. I truly believe that digestion is the foundation of your health. If if any of your listeners are confused, where do I even start? How can I fix my anxiety? How can I fix my depression? How can I have more energy? Focus on your digestion. It's the foundation of health. That's where everything begins. That's where your body is breaking down the food, absorbing the nutrients. It's also known as the second brain. Eighty percent of serotonin, which is a happy brain chemical, is produced and stored in the gut and i don 't actually know why it 's called brain chemical if it 's in the gut and um so if you if your digestion is a mess, you can also be mentally and emotionally be in a mess and um, so healthy gut flora and uh, stress is huge you know anything that goes on in the head can go straight into the digestion via a nerve called a vagus nerve. And so a nervous tummy, it does exist, scientifically proven. And so if you're one of those, then you think, well, you can't take stress out of life sometimes, tough luck. But then you can support your digestion with maybe a calming tea or healing remedies. So as you're getting through a very difficult time, that your digestion is strong. And also that um, your white blood cells, which are your immune cells, they make up an important part of your immune system. They're being, uh, they grow and they get stored and they mature in the digestive tract. So if you have recurring infections, if you have sinus problems, um, just ongoing, you just never feel well, always sore throat, immediately think right. Okay, I just focus on my gut. And on digestion means avoiding the food that is not good for you. Obviously, I use kinesiology to identify that. And um, having more food that is good for you, nourishing, healing food. Some uh, working on gut flora. Some people use probiotics. Some people love using fermented food. And drinking herbal teas. You know, It doesn't have to be too complicated. It certainly doesn't have to be expensive. And that is huge if all you do is focus on your digestion half of your symptoms will already improve and uh, obviously mental and emotional stress it's it's i i've treated so many people um, i've treated numerous cancer patients and some of them terminal and their positive outlook on life their gratitude their happiness even as a terminal patient It is so inspiring and I, that is maybe, I always say patients are my teachers, always say that. Um, They have continuously reminded me, you can be on the healthiest diet. You can take the best supplements in the world. If you're not happy, if you don't feel loved, if you don't feel safe, if you don't feel um, supported, that is a huge energy drain, huge energy drain. And then people say, yeah, but Connie, you know, my family lives overseas and I'm single. What do I do? Well, I don't know. Get a cat, get a dog, you know, to, do something. <laughs> I don't know. Live in a share house. <laughs> get, get some people and love in your life. <laughs> you know, that's how important it is. Go, I, I sometimes, uh, when the kids were little, I said, we go to the animal shelter and give those animals love. And we always walked away. We always walked away so much happier because they gave us so much love. You know, so um, little things. Or, yeah, there's so many things people can do to feel emotionally and mentally well without breaking the bank. And it's very simple. It's the things that make you happy. The little things that make you happy. and. Um, and I treated an older man once. <laughs> it's always funny when I, when old men come to see me because they don't want to come and see me. <laughs> Their wives sent them. <laughs> and I always sit they're cross-legged, crossed-armed. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here, Connie, but my wife sent me. And uh, <laughs> and there was one lovely gentleman. He said, Connie, I'm telling you now, I used to be a farmer. Don't you tell me to meditate. I don't do that woo-woo stuff. <laughs> And I thought, okay, okay, I'm ready for a challenge. (laughs) And of course, of course, kinesiology identified he needs to meditate. It was hilarious. So I knew I I could not use the word meditation. He would run. And I said to him, when you have a bad day, when your wife really annoys you, um, what do you do so that you feel better? And he went, wow, Connie. There is that rock down by the river. Oh, is there? Yeah. And I ride my bike and I go down to the rock and I just sit there. I go, oh, and then what? Nothing. I just sit there. And and what what goes on in your head? I don't know. I just sit there. Uh, How do you feel on your way home? Oh, so happy. I just love that rock, Connie. And I said to him, and that's meditation. That's meditation. That's your meditation. So if you sit on that rock every day, believe me, your blood pressure will go down because you have less time with your wife (laughs) and you would be mentally in a better place. You know, and everyone has their thing. Some people need silence. Some people need guided meditation. For some people, it's knitting or crochet or cooking. Uh, It's understanding it's the thing that makes you feel good. That is... Um And everyone knows what that is, and they and people forget that how important it is to bring that back into their life, and that they deserve those twenty minutes a day, half an hour, or they deserve that beautiful bunch of flowers that they buy for themselves and um I truly believe if people could find a way to feel happier within themselves, find that happy place and and honor that, it will help the person cope so much better with the other things in life that are just harder sometimes.
0: Mm, I love that so much, because, you know, meditation has become such a buzzword in the last couple of years. And, you know, when most people think about meditation, like that, man, we think of, you know, with your legs crossed, fingers in the air, you know, on, on a, in the middle of nowhere in India. That's sort of where my mind goes to when I think about meditation, like a Buddhist retreat or something. And, you know, it's, it becomes a little bit unrelatable at times because if that's a perception that you have of it, it seems so far out of reach or out of your recurrent reality. Like that's just not even... A thought in your mind of where you want to go to so that's so powerful the reframe around what meditation is it's you know it's it's something that you love to do as you say yeah absolutely
1: absolutely and and I I always love asking that question what's your happy place what do you love what do you mean what's your happy place you know what's your uh, what's a guarantee a guarantee no matter how bad your day is what is this thing? Guarantee it will make you temporarily forget about this and that. And it is incredible the things people love. It could be watering the garden every day, or after a long day working on the farm, coming home just watering the garden, and that's complete setting. It's nearly going to default setting, um, and you 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 know you want it to be a healthy activity not that bottle of wine or that bar of chocolate (laughs) no so then when when people say oh i love my wine i always remind people it's not the wine that your body loves it's how the wine makes you feel so i always ask what how do you feel when you have that glass of wine they go like like that Okay, so that means you've been holding your breath the whole day. So what is it, you know, why is it that you have to hold your breath all day? What are you scared of? When people are scared of something, there's that shallow breathing, or sometimes we hold our breath. So when people smoke, it's a deep breath in. So often they carry some form of fear throughout the day, and then the body will find something that makes them feel better, and unfortunately, that can then lead them to toxic, um, uh, addictive habits. And once a person realizes the wine is really not the problem, it's nice to celebrate life with a nice glass of wine. If the wine becomes a form of self-medication, then it is a problem. When the sugar and the lollies become a reward because the adult woman has been a good girl caring for her sick sister. But her dad is not there who would give her a lolly as a reward. So she's now the adult who on the way home goes to the supermarket and buys herself a packet of lollies because her mind has connected. If you do something well, you get the reward, and the reward is lolly. So suddenly a 75-year-old can put on a huge amount of weight uh, because she cares for her 83-year-old sister. And it's a connection with the past. The mind made a, a connection. You do the hard work, then you get the reward, and the reward feels really nice. And um, and it, to see those patterns, it's, I always encourage people, use curiosity. When you have a powerful emotion, anger or sad, just observe it, don't block it. Just observe it and go, oh, wow, hello, sadness. Where do you come from? Why am I feeling so sad? And using curiosity and literally asking yourself, there's something behind the anger. There's something behind Mm. sadness. And, And the moment you just allow the emotion to be present, not fight it, don't need to analyze it, just use curiosity, give it a name and ask, why are you here? Why am I feeling that way? And it's such a wonderful, wonderful way of observing your own emotions. And suddenly you haven't even touched that glass of wine um, because your mind has found another way to nearly uh, find an answer to a problem, whereas before the wine was the problem.
0: Mm, that's so powerful. We often just think about alcohol and drugs as things that are sedatives to other things going on but we don't often think about food particularly the little things like that the blocks of chocolate on the way home the lollies like the comfort things that we reach to in those circumstances and the correlation between the past what else would you say to someone that's maybe stuck in that cycle? Oh, um, sometimes, sometimes
1: there is actually no emotional or mental connection between an addictive habit. Sometimes it is really a brain chemical imbalance. And um, luckily in natural medicine, there are some amazing nutritional supplements that are so, so effective, helping people with addiction alongside medical treatment and therapy and because often a person a drug addict or whatever they're addicted to gambling online shopping um addiction is if you imagine not having it today and you get really nervous that's when you know you have an addiction for me it is tv i would get i had to watch oprah every day 1 (laughs) p.m The world would fall for, well, oh, my God, if the, kids, if the kids were on holiday and they were noisy. Uh, and so I knew I, I knew I had a problem.
0: <laughs> I was addicted to opera. And, no, um, no, you wouldn't think that's such a bad problem, Oprah, but yeah, exactly, <laughs> every day.
1: Exactly. So when I got angry or frustrated because I couldn't watch <clears throat> my favorite TV show, <clears throat> I knew I had a problem. This was nothing to do with Oprah or TV. I, I remember <clears throat> because I had finished my studies. So life was very, very busy. I was a single mom, twins, lived in another country and studying. And suddenly it was done. The children were at school and I finished my studies. My brain was so bored, so, so bored. I was not aware of it. So my brain was looking for stimulation, anything but doing the dishes. And uh, my brain figured out, if I push that button on the remote control, my brain goes, great, people talking different colors. And uh, so I then learned, I learned my brain is very powerful if I know how to use it, and it can become very destructive if it has all the freedom in the world and so that I know that and I then deal with that and I also know obviously my brain chemicals sometimes need extra help and support so I'm very comfortable with that and there are some people they have gone over the age they they never got the support early on their brain chemicals are so out of whack, they rely on a chemical substance to feel better. And uh, very often, they, people can get their dopamine high, and then th- the next time, they need more and more. They need to take more drugs, different drugs, spend more money. That is a brain chemical imbalance, and that needs help. That needs to be treated, uh, whether it's medical, if it's really severe, all everything that is available alongside diet changes, nutrition, herbs. And, uh, and often people that have brain chemical imbalance, they can have those addictive personalities, like me, TV show, or... Coffee,
0: coffee, that's a good
1: one. I know, I knew you would say that. Yeah, Um, I'm
0: shaking my head because that's me. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and you know, to, to then say, and that's okay. And that's okay. So then I know when I crave a coffee, I know what my body is saying. I need something that makes me happy, guarantee happy, guarantee. And I want it right now. So then I look at my life and go, oh, obviously I'm not happy enough because my body is craving coffee because every time I have a coffee, I am happy. So, you know, it's, it's again, it's nearly translating a habit. And uh, so I look at my life, think, is there anything I can do to feel more happy about the life that I live about myself? And then, and then I have a coffee as a special treat, it's, I call it the church. I call it, when I'm in the coffee shop and I stop talking and when the coffee arrives and my whole body, all of my 100% of Connie is zooming in on that perfect cafe, that flat white. That I know that's when I really celebrate it. I call it yeah. the church moment. Yeah. Uh, and I know when I, when I have had too much coffee, when I suddenly have everyday coffee, and I drink it, and I haven't even thought about it. That church moment was gone. It was just I'm on my phone da da, da 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 I'm having my coffee I go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa whoa. This has now become an addiction now the coffee is not enough. I need a coffee, something sweet, and my phone so i I, I then observe that and I go, okay, whoa, I would now change that, and i so it is. You know, the wine is not a problem. The coffee is not a problem. It's when it becomes an addiction. And some people that are struggling with, um, with that sort of addictive personality, often they can also have nearly, it sounds a bit extreme, but obsessive-compulsive behavior. And obsessive-compulsive could be, where are my car keys? They're always on the kitchen bench. Who removed my car keys? And suddenly the world falls apart. Because someone moved the car keys away from the kitchen bench, I don't know on the fridge, so it's when people things need to be done a very specific way that's compulsive behavior, and um and again very often it's linked with a brain chemical imbalance. Yeah, so then again focusing on the gut, huge working on digestion. And um, and then in those moments, really get the help of qualified practitioners, and and sometimes it can run in the family. It can there can literally be a generational pattern of addiction, and but it was maybe acceptable. Grandpa just always smoked cigarettes, and oh well, my dad was always a drinker because his dad was a drinker. No, what it means that there is nearly a faulty gene in a way that when it is active it affects brain chemical balance and then the person starts to self-medicate in order to feel more balanced yeah it doesn't mean then that everyone along that family will develop that it just means they will need to really actively improve their health so they don't develop um, addictive behaviors
0: Mm, so much awareness needed in all of those situations, isn't there, to, to stop and get out of that just doing unconsciously mentality that we live in and that we've conditioned ourselves to live in um, that doesn't have to be the way and that's so powerful, just even having that awareness to pull yourself up and go, okay, why, why am I doing this? what is this linked to? And I know when I was seeing you as well, the emotional piece was such a big piece for me. And I was reaching to things like coffee. And it, I don't remember still a big piece of that for me was I felt like I was behind in life, behind everyone else. I felt like I wasn't at the point in my life. And for me, I needed to step back and actually do things that I enjoyed and do, I remember you said, you know, do one thing today that other people who are not in your situation can't do, like do one thing that they're not doing, whether that be eating, you know, lunch on the beach at 12 o'clock, like that's a luxury to a lot of people. Um, And that was such a pivotal moment for me because it was just that reframe because I was just doing 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 and there was no consciousness attached to that so uh, yeah it can absolutely speak to how powerful that is mm. I, I love I love what you've just said because
1: it's nearly I don't know if it's part of a new generation it's often people feel it's not enough I, I don't have enough I haven't done enough I'm not enough and, and people can be so driven from a mindset of not enough. And often that mindset comes very often from childhood. You know, when a child comes home with a B, well, you could have had an A if you worked harder. And, you know, you, won the, you came second in the race, Well, if you had run faster, you would have come first. And uh, Or if there's a competition among siblings, you know, that one gets more attention than the other their child can translate that obviously i'm not worthy i'm not enough so then uh, people can try so hard hoping one day they will be enough and the moment they are enough they will find peace and happiness And, uh, and they often they can be people that are very very driven and they can be very very successful uh to the point of burnout and is, it's nearly not ever feeling at peace until the body pulls the handbrake and gives them a major, major health crisis as an opportunity to actually look at their life and say, whoa, okay, something needs to change. And with uh, parents in particular, it's very, very easy to, in within seconds, change a mother's mindset if a mom is very driven Has three children, runs her own business, and takes grandma to the doctor and prepares for a marathon and um and doesn't understand why she gets cold sores. Um so often I would then ask that mum, What would you tell your daughter if she was in your shoes right now? What would you tell your daughter? She's now thirty-five. You can you feel everything, you can literally you can feel her energy, you can hear her thoughts, you can feel how tired or angry or sad she is. What would you tell your daughter if you see her after doing the dishes, it's eight PM to say, I'm going to the gym, I'm preparing for the marathon. I'm so tired, Mom. Would you mind taking the kids to bed? And in that moment, people immediately know the answer. Instantly. They would say, Oh. I would tell my daughter, don't worry about it. Stop doing it. And then I argue and say, okay. And your daughter says, mom, you don't understand. I'm preparing for a marathon. What would you tell your daughter? Darling, the marathon is not important. Your health is more important. And your daughter says, mom, what do you know? You never ran a marathon. Um, I need to go now. And when when you break it down, to the ultimate need of everyone they all need to feel loved mm. unconditionally you're a good mom whether you run a marathon or not you're a good wife whether you earn money or not you're a good person if, if you watch netflix all day because you're so exhausted so it, uh, at the very core of, of a human being is the need to feel loved and knowing they are enough, they wake up in the morning, they look terrible, they feel terrible, and they know even in that moment, they've only just gotten up, they deserve being loved. And um, and it's that mindset of feeling not enough that can be the most destructive driver to anything. Any health problem, that is the ultimate fuel to the fire that keeps pushing people into the stress.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's that's so powerful, so, so powerful because there are so many people who are tied up in that cycle right now.
1: Uh, yeah, because we have a whole world we can compare with now. It used to be your little village, your community, your age group, your class, and now with social media you compare with the world. And uh, and then you think, Connie, how do we fix it? Help. How, how can I shift my mindset from... Uh, I'm not enough, into I am enough. Exactly that. You use an affirmation. An affirmation is a sentence, a positive sentence that you say for three to four weeks. Make it the first thought in the morning, the last thought before bedtime. If you say it out loud while moving your body, it's even more effective. So the kids would definitely mm-hmm. think mom is going crazy when she does the dishes. Goes, <laughs> I am enough. I am enough. Um, because you're literally claiming the energy of I am enough, and what you actually say, you actually give. It, it's a statement. I am enough, and then suddenly you put the tea towel down and open that bottle of wine, and now you (laughs) celebrate life because you are enough, (laughs) not because you're self-medicating, because you're celebrating.
0: (laughs) And we all need more celebration in our lives, but consciously.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Amen.
0: Oh, it has been such a beautiful conversation, Connie. I'm so grateful to not only share this space with you, but to also have worked with you. And for anyone who is wanting to connect with you, how can they find you and dive into your world? Thank
1: you. The best would be my website, conniepage.com.au. So that way you can see the work that I do. And uh, also, if you, if people would like, they can book a free 15-minute phone consultation. I also run a Facebook group, Natural Health Support Hub. There are over 1,000 members. And every Monday, I run a live Q&A event, and that's getting more and more popular. So social media is always nice. You just find me, Connie Page. But uh, the website is a really good start, conniepage.com.au. Oh, I
0: love it. And I know I've done a 15-minute consultation before I dove in with you and it was honestly just even that 15 minutes changed my whole perspective. So I um, can completely vouch for, for Connie and her work. And Q&As are great too to be able to just ask all the deep questions that we've all been thinking and just unpack those. So um, I might have to dive on there myself. Yes, you're more than welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Connie. It has been an absolute pleasure and can't wait to have you back sometime soon.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. I loved it.
0: Thank you for being with us for this episode of the Holistic Life podcast. If you're seeking a like-minded community to walk alongside you on your health journey, we've got just the place. Join our exclusive Facebook group, the Holistic Life Podcast Community, a place to support and inspire each other every step of the way. And don't let inspiration stop here. Dive deeper into this episode's insights and additional resources waiting for you at theholisticcollective.com. It's your hub for show notes, links, and all things holistic living. Remember, wellness is a journey. Each step you take is a step towards intentional, vibrant and meaningful living.